I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to share. A reading from the book of Luke. In the days of King Herod in Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children. Because Elizabeth was barren and both were getting on in years, once when he was serving as priest before God and his section was on dirty duty, he was, cho- he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know that this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have not been sent to speak to you to bring you this good news. And I have been sent to speak to you, to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak, until the day these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered at his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, This is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. 
Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, none of your relatives has this name. Then they began motioning, then they began motioning in, in his father to find out what name he wanted to give him. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John, and all of them were amazed. Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue freed, and he began to speak, praising God. Fear came over all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about throughout the entire hill country of Judea. All who heard them pondered them and said, What then will this child become? For indeed the hand of the Lord was with him. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke this prophecy. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophet from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised of our ancestors and has remembered the, his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we being rescued from the hands of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. The child grew and became strong in spirit and he was in the wilderness until the day he appeared publicly to Israel. We do not live by bread alone. By every word that comes from the mouth of God. The world had changed. The fire of Greece, which had consumed the crumbling Persian Empire, had finally been extinguished by the armies of Rome. After a period, a brief period of independence, the descendants of Israel were once more being crushed under the heels of empire. A Roman collaborator sat on King David's throne in Jerusalem, and the temple priests exercised considerable power over the people. The returned exile's optimism had grown violent with frustration. No matter how hard they tried, the new life that they longed for was always just beyond their reach. Zechariah and Elizabeth's story seems to reflect Israel's situation on a personal level. This priestly family longed for the new life of children. Yet children never came. No one would blame Elizabeth if she asked, why me? 
Luke is clear that Elizabeth did not deserve the disgrace that she endured among her family and her neighbors. Both she and her husband were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. Still, the days when anyone bothered to ask her if she was planning on having kids, if she was pregnant yet, and why not, were long behind her. Despite their best lives, despite their longings and their prayers, Elizabeth and Zechariah were powerless to change their situation. Even the words of an angel didn't seem to mean much to Zechariah as he filled the Lord's sanctuary with the heavily perfumed fog of incense. His aging body and a lifetime of experience told him that Gabriel's message was ridiculous. The incensed angel was not amused by his disbelief or his desire for a sign confirming God's promise. If Zechariah wanted a sign, he would get it. God would take away Zechariah's words until the angel Gabriel's words were fulfilled. It seems that years of disappointment hardened Zechariah's heart against the angel's good news. It's difficult to trust God and be open to new possibilities when it seems like God keeps saying no. Constant disappointment threatens to transform faith into fatalism. Sometimes it's just easier to give up than to keep suffering disappointment. Why spend the weekend studying if you're still going to get a seat? Why try to get sober if I know I'm going to relapse? Why work for peace when every road seems to lead to war? It's easy to stick our heads in the sand in the name of giving it up to God. But this sounds more like fatalism than it does faith. Our surrender condemns others to suffer the baser things that we say and do to each other. It maintains the status quo by insulating us against one another's pain. Our surrender stifles the new creation that God is calling forth, turning us into passive, spiritual dead weight. Fatalism is not faith. It's just one more way of resisting God. Poor Zechariah had no intention of resisting God, and yet he dared not hope. Thankfully, it seems Elizabeth had faith for both of them. She couldn't have known anything about the angel's promise since her husband had been tongue-tied since he came back from the temple. And she conceived according to God's word. While Zechariah sat speechless, she declared, This is what the Lord has done for me. Then the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. Word of God's mercy traveled quickly among Elizabeth's relatives and her neighbors. Soon, speechless Zechariah's house was filled with people who flocked to Elizabeth's side to share in her joy. 
Eight days later, it was time to circumcise the newborn in remembrance of God's covenant with Abraham. The community gathered around them expected Elizabeth to choose a strong name, a traditional name, perhaps the name of the baby's father. But Elizabeth said no. He is to be called John. With disbelief that rivaled Zechariah's, they said, None of your relatives has this name. Zechariah, what will the boy really be called? Zechariah asked for a writing tablet and confirmed his name is John. A new name for a new creation. With that, Zechariah's tongue was freed, and he proclaimed one of the most beautiful prophecies that I have encountered in the Bible. Zechariah's fatalism had become faith thanks to the spirit-filled witness of Elizabeth, their relatives, and their neighbors. The community's faith carried Zechariah when words failed him. Likewise, the faith of this community and of communities like this one carries us even when our own faith wavers. Have you ever wondered why we don't limit baptism to believing adults but include infants? It's because the faith of the parents, the faith of the sponsors, and the faith of the entire community that are gathered because of that faith in, that receives God's promise concerning the unbelieving infant. Even if we came to the font as believing adults, we are carried to the font by the faith and witness of those who believed the promise even when we did not. The faith of the community transforms fatalism into faith. It is by faith that the Christian community remains open to the new possibilities that God is creating among us. Fatalism sees a hopeless situation and keeps on walking. Faith turns aside to minister in the midst of it. Fatalism says, why bother trying if there's nothing that I can do to change my circumstances? Faith says, I will do what I can, even though I am a limited and finite being. Fatalism says, the poor will always be with us, so let us enjoy the fruits of our labors. Faith says, the poor will always be with us, so let us work for their well-being. Faith is not fatalism. Faith responds to God's word with concrete action. The word that God speaks will be born anew in our lives this Wednesday. He is the same word who was born under the crushing heel of empire. The same word who was born under the reign of a Roman collaborator. The same word who was born in the violent grab for new life. Hear the spirit-filled witness of Zechariah, 
who himself was carried by the spirit-filled witness of Elizabeth. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.stTimothyskokie.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Mm-hmm.